You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. I'll give the signal to you. You give the signal to the men. And when I do, you say, break your jars, blow your trumpets. That's the plan. Oh, and by the way, shout, a sword for the Lord and for Gideon. And if you read the story, there's no indication that any one of these men have a physical sword. They got a clay jar and a trumpet. You got to have faith to follow those kind of instructions. God gives a signal to Gideon. He gives a signal to the men. They break their jars. They blow their trumpets. And God wipes out an innumerable Midianite army. While many non-believers would find a majority of the Bible humorous, it actually contains amazing displays of faith. From Abraham, Joseph, Moses, and even the judges, there are several accounts that demonstrate the force to be reckoned with when it comes to God and faith. In today's message, Pastor Danny reflects on the faith of Gideon and the 300 men. In his study, you'll learn a powerful example of how God can use a little faith to achieve great and mighty things in His name. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 with today's edition of The Living Word. We've spent a total of nine weeks in Hebrews 11, other messages in between those nine weeks, obviously. And in that time, we've looked at quite a few characters in the Bible who responded to God by faith. Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, Moses' parents, And then, of course, the people's faith we looked at, the corporate faith. Last character we looked at, one of my favorites, uh, Rahab, the prostitute. Hers is a Cinderella story like no other. But at this point, the Holy Spirit moves the writer to quickly mention others who responded to God in faith. And there's not a lot of elaboration. These are people who performed uh, heroic exploits, even received miraculous uh, intervention, from heaven, beginning in verse 32. And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, And who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead. Raised to life again. Can you imagine? And I know people in this service that have lost a child. Some more than one. You imagine God performing the kind of miracle that he gave that child back to you in this life. I know that's what every parent would desire. Some of these people experience that. It's quite a collection of figures. Gideon. Seven years, the Midianites had been oppressing Israel. And then the work of the Midianites did its job because Israel sinned and God allowed the Midianites to oppress them with the intention and with the desire that they would repent so he could once again bless them. It worked. After years of oppression by the Midianites, they cry out to the Lord and God's chosen instrument is a man named Gideon. Now, let me say at this point, 
I need you to just try to pretend that you're my children. I'm not going to be telling you to turn to scriptures like I normally would. So just imagine, I'll tell you a few Bible stories. Gideon's a great story. Midianites oppressing Israel. They cry out to the Lord. God chooses Gideon. Here's what uh, the story in the book of Judges says. The angel of the Lord, after they cried out, came and sat down under the oak in Oprah that belonged to Joash, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press. So God sends the angel of the Lord to this wine press where Gideon is threshing wheat. By the way, the angel of the Lord, whenever you see that phrase in the Old Testament, whenever you hear it or read it, that's Christ in the Old Testament, not an angel, the angel of the Lord, the messenger of the Lord. It's Christ before he became the baby Jesus and the man Jesus, Christ. And we know that by looking at the text that refer to the angel of the Lord and how uh, things he did and how people responded to him. He's God. So the angel of the Lord comes to Gideon as he's threshing wheat. And here's how he opens the conversation with Gideon. He says, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Now those chuckling are ones that know the story. Because at this point in his life, Gideon's anything but a mighty warrior. He's threshing wheat in a wine press. You don't thresh wheat in a wine press normally, but he's afraid of the Midianites. He's hiding. He's in a wine press. He's threshing wheat. And the angel of the Lord comes, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And here's his response. My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the least in my family. In other words, I'm not a mighty warrior. The angel assures him that he will be with him, and they will strike down the Midianites. That's not good enough for Gideon. Gideon says, wait, wait, give me a sign. Give me a sign. Gideon prepares an offering. The angel of the Lord says, take the offering, put it on that rock. He puts it on the rock. Angel of the Lord takes the staff that's in his, his hand, strikes through, touches the rock, fire flares from the rock, consumes the offering. I think that's a pretty good sign. <laughs> and then he's given his first assignment. Before he goes to fight the Midianites, there's something he needs to do. The angel says, go to your father's house and tear down those idolatrous altars of his. His father is an idolater. He's got altars to Baal and an altar to Asherah. And that's his first assignment. Go tear down your father's altars and then build a proper altar to the Lord in their place. And here's what it says. He does it, but here's what it says. He was afraid of his family and the men of the town, so he did it at night. Well, they find out the next morning, they do some investigation, find out it was Gideon who did it. Now, thank God, his dad, his dad, when the men of the town are all upset because these altars have been torn down and an altar to the Lord uh, in their in their place, they're all upset. But his dad comes and says, well, listen, if we got to defend Baal, he's not much of a God, is he? And now he's given his assignment. Go call together the men of Israel. So who will come and fight with you? And so he calls. He sends the message out. Thirty two thousand men show up. God says, Gideon, I want you to go to those men and say, if you're afraid and you don't want to go into battle, you can go home. Gideon's thinking, what? He's got to be thinking that because he's going up against an innumerable Midianite army. But he goes out before the people. He says, hey, guys, God says anybody that doesn't want to go fight, it's okay. You can go home. 22,000 men took God up on his offer. He's got 10,000. Then God says to him, that's too many. You're kidding me. God says, go down to the lake, go down to the river, go down, and anybody who drinks, uh, lapping like a dog, they're out. But anybody who kneels down stays alert. 
they're in. 9,700 men lap like dogs. And now it's Gideon. He's got his army, 300 men. And then God says, here's the plan. Listen to the plan. Here's the plan. Get every man to get a, a clay jar and a trumpet. I'll give the signal to you. You give the signal to the men. And when I do, you say, break your jars, blow your trumpets. That's the plan. Oh, and by the way, shout, a sword for the Lord and for Gideon. And if you read the story, there is no indication that any one of these men have a physical sword. They got a clay jar and a trumpet. You got to have faith to follow those kind of instructions. God gives a signal to Gideon. He gives a signal to the men. They break their jars. They blow their trumpets. And God wipes out an innumerable Midianite army. And Gideon becomes a hero. How you doing, kids? You like that story? Then there's Barak. Judges chapter 4 is where you find the story. Men aren't leading in the day, and Israel has once again fallen back into sin. The Canaanites are oppressing Israel. Deborah the prophetess is leading Israel because the men are so lax. But God wants to turn things around. In their oppression, they cry out once again to the Lord. God speaks to Deborah, says, you call Barak. I'm going to use him. He's my agent to lead us back into victory. Deborah calls Barak. She says, here's what the Lord wants you to do. He says, well, I'll go, but only if you go with me. That's what he said. I'll go, but only if you go with me. He's a coward too. She says, okay, I'll go with you, but the way you're going about this, the honors are going to be more for a woman than for you. In other words, you need to be a leader. Well, they go together and... God gives them great victory over the Canaanites after 20 years of oppression. And Barak, even though he's still a bit of a coward, he becomes a hero. Then there's Samson, one of my favorite characters in the Bible. Led Israel for 20 years in the days of the judges. Samson. Samson. Hey, when you think about Samson, if you get the image of a gold gym kind of guy, you got the wrong image. That's not what he looked like. He didn't have bulging muscles. You read the story. Nobody could figure out how he could do such great exploits of strength. He catches 300 foxes. I mean, that's a feat in itself. You catch 300 foxes. He ties their tails together, lights the tails, and sends the foxes out in the standing grain of the Philistines. Philistines, of course, didn't like that too much. They come after him. He takes the jawbone of a donkey, and in one encounter, he kills a 1,000 Philistines with the jawbone of a donkey, and he named the place he got the victory, Jawbone Hill. The book of Hebrews encourages its readers to discontinue their reliance on the law, the old way of living. Jesus came to fulfill not only the prophecies of a Savior, but also the law itself. He perfectly lived out every word of it, never wavering, and always showing love and kindness. Jesus then became the sacrificial lamb, the one who would die in your place, so you wouldn't need to face the punishment your sins deserve. His blood paid the price. All you need to do is accept it. Are you ready to take this step of faith? Jesus is ready and waiting for you to step away from your old life with loving arms wide open. If you're making a decision for your Savior today, please let us know. We want to pray for you and be available to answer any questions you might have. Please email us at info at ccfstpete.church. 
That's info at ccfstpete.church. We're so glad that you tuned in today to The Living Word. If you live in the St. Petersburg area, we'd love to meet you too. Come by Calvary Chapel Fellowship on Saturday at 6 p.m. or Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. to worship the Lord and learn from His Word with us. Be sure to stop Pastor Danny and let him know that you're a listener. You'll find more information and directions at ccfstpete.church. If you can't join us in person, you can still be a part of our virtual congregation. Join our live stream at ccfstpete.church. That's all we have for today. Tune in next time for more from this study in the book of Hebrews right here on The Living Word. 